Hello, I'm Kylie Fisher. Welcome to Let God Speak. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The gospel reveals to us the character of God. It is the story of his wonderful plan to safeguard the universe forever from the devastating effects of sin. Like a golden thread, this wonderful theme runs throughout the Bible, tying together 66 books written by more than 30 authors over a period of about one and a half millennia. Stay with us as we discover the unique insights into the gospel in the book of Ephesians. On our panel today, we have Uriah St. Yeast and Casey Verkerka. Welcome Uriah and Casey. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before we begin our study, let's pause for a brief moment of prayer. Dear Lord, we're so grateful for your word that you have given us to guide us through these last days of Earth's history. Please be with us and send us your Holy Spirit so we can understand these amazing truths into the gospel contained in the book of Ephesians. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week we began a new study series about the book of Ephesians. Now, the book of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul. It's a letter that he wrote to the um, church that was in Ephesus and they were the people that he wrote to were alive at his day. But God has seen fit to preserve this letter for us in the Holy Bible. So we know it also contains important insights for us living today. And today we're going to focus in our study on Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 3 to 14. This is a really wonderful passage because in this introductory passage, Paul introduces themes, a theme that he will tie throughout the whole letter of Ephesians. So I will begin by reading Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So Casey, mm -hmm. this verse mentions God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what sort of insight does it give us into the character of God? Oh, the, the Father. Of the Father, yes. It's interesting because the bit that stands out to me is where it says, that the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Mm -hmm. And when we know from uh, 1 John 4, 8, the, that God is love, mm -hmm. um, that gives an insight as to the kind of blessings that he would bestow on us. Mm -hmm. And if we have a little look over at the, the epistle of James, okay. it's a very interesting mm -hmm. text there. James 1, 17. Mm. 
it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variation or shadow of turning. Mm -hmm. And so this um, generosity, this desire to give good things is very much uh, stemming from the heart of a loving God. And this is the picture that's coming out um, at the beginning of the book of Ephesians. Wow. Yeah, that's just such a wonderful picture that we have of God. And it might be quite different from the sort of picture that many people have of God, you know, that he's sitting up there to judge us and watching for the wrong things that we do to catch us out. But here we see that the Father, mm. who is also God, is one who loves to give and that's his very nature. Mm -hmm. So Uriah, um, we're so glad to have a pastor on their team today. And um, so Uriah, this verse also talks though about someone that the father works with. He has an associate. Can you tell us a little bit about about that. So in the end of uh, verse three, it says, who has blessed us, that's the father who has mm -hmm. blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Mm -hmm. So we can see that blessings do flow from God, but they actually come through Jesus. So Jesus is the one the father uses to dispense blessings. Mm -hmm. to us. Okay. And so how long have the Father and Jesus been working together in this way? That's a very good question. Um, the following verse, uh, verse 4 of mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 1, it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So they have been working together uh, planning for us and providing blessings for us even before this world, this earth was made. Mm -hmm. And um, John actually um, crystallizes this thought, uh, the Gospel of John chapter mm -hmm. 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So here we have John telling us that uh, the Father and the Son uh, have been working together way from the beginning. Actually, verse 14 of chapter 1 tells us that this word that he's been talking about mm. is Jesus because it says he became flesh and he dwelt among us. Wow. Yeah. So we're really getting a wonderful picture of the Father and he and Jesus have always been working together in this very intimate relationship. Yes. And yeah, and that relationship is just so central to our understanding of God. And you did mention as well that God is a planner. Yes. And yeah, so um, so what does this um, passage tell us about this plan of God? Because that's another important part of his character. That he's very organized. Mm. So Casey. Yes, yes. If we have a look a few verses down mm -hmm. um, in verse 9 and 10, it mentions that uh, God has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in on earth in him. Mm -hmm. And so there's a few words here that kind of describe this plan. Mm -hmm. The one, the mystery of his will, um, the, his purpose. Uh, mm -hmm. um, the other one, I think, is towards the end. 
anyway, <laughs> um, basically, yeah, the, the uh, salvation which God is giving, actually, that's right, thank you, mm. in verse 13, verse the gospel 13, of the salvation, the there we yeah. go. <laughs> um, yes, so this is basically describing the plan of salvation which God has, with Christ, worked together for. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that's very nice is where it says that it's God's good pleasure Mm. to work out this plan. Yeah, yeah. So once again, it's something that God loves to do. He does it because it's his very nature. Mm. And so Uriah, yeah, could you tell us a little bit? So we've got, we've sort of talked about the names of God's plan and there are different names that are used here. But can you tell us what's the, um, what's the, the key thought that Paul has in the book of Ephesians about the purpose of this plan? So uh, Paul brings about the, the idea that God's plan is to unite things, bring everything together, because when sin came into this world, it caused lots of separation, mm. lots of hurt. Um, and God's plan for the plan of salvation is to bring things together through Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, um, in verse uh, 10 of Ephesians 1, there's a word that's used here that gives a, a, a picture kind of from, from accounting or from from, you know, addition, um, uh, you know, when you're adding a, a group mm. of numbers mm -hmm. and then you get the total, which is one number, it's that bringing together um, of all things um, that Jesus is doing. That's, that's the, the plan of redemption. So the plan is really to bring all things together and, and to bring everything together as one. Yeah. Uniting us back to God. Hmm. Yeah, fantastic. And um, you made a really interesting um, point there, how that sin has separated. So um, unity is a theme that Paul takes all through the book of Ephesians. And yeah, as you said, sin has separated. And I think, Casey, mm. you had a verse about that and a few thoughts about that. Mm. Yes, would you just like to share that with us? Yeah, for sure. Sin is something definitely that separates us. And the, the Bible talks about it in a few places. Mm. And you can even trace it in the theme of the great controversy. You think way back in, like in Revelation 12, it talks mm. about how sin led um, Satan and his angels to be separated from heaven. Yeah. And then, of course, he came to earth and then through tempting human beings and they succumbed, that then led to a separation between humans and God. And then mm. this has continued throughout history. And um, I guess the whole the whole thing about this plan of, of salvation with that God has, you know, um, worked out is that his purpose is to resolve the sin problem so that he can restore uh, what was separated and bring that everyone together again as a whole throughout the whole universe. Wow. Yes. So, and we read just before that, or we were saying just before that he's going to unite all things through Christ. So is there something in particular that Christ has done that really draws everything together into a unity, Uriah? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says, we love him that's Jesus Christ. We love him because he first loved us. So it is the love that Jesus demonstrates for us that attracts us. You know, love breeds love. When you love someone, um, they tend to love you back. So mm -hmm. his love that he's demonstrated is what uh, attracts us, makes him attractive to know that he, he mm. has loved us. And 
also in the Gospel of John, this time chapter 12 and verse 32, um, Jesus himself says, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. And, you know, it's that idea of Jesus on the cross, you know, the gospel, Mm -hmm. saying what Jesus did, the fact that we have a God in Christianity that has died for us. Mm -hmm. That is a wonderful thing to know that God has laid down his life for us. And that is the way he demonstrated his love. And that's what makes him attractive. Yeah, so that was really the ultimate demonstration. Um, as Jesus said, what greater, you know, greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Mm. And I think this really relates to us living at the end of times as well, because Revelation 14 verse 12 talks about a group that's united. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. I think it's so significant they're united by the faith of Jesus that faith that Jesus demonstrated on the cross, Mm. um, that complete surrender to God and surrender of his own will and um, instead to do God's will, which is contained in his law. So that's how God's people at the end of time will be united. Uh, And so let's just look a little bit more about at the sacrifice of Christ, the centre of this amazing plan. Let's go back to Ephesians um, chapter one. And, you know, we're given many pictures. God has given us many pictures to help us understand uh, the sacrifice of Christ for us. Mm. It's just all of these things are mysteries really beyond our full comprehension. But, you know, for instance, there was the sacrificial lamb as a seed dying. Um, All of these things show us about the death of Christ. So what is it that shows us or what what contribution does this part of Ephesians have to the death of Christ? What picture does it give us of the death of Christ? Yeah, if we have a look at um, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, to the riches of his, according to the riches of his grace. Mm. Uh, And so I guess the key word there is redemption. Mm. Um, And this basically means that God is buying us back uh, through the work of Christ's sacrifice for us. And Mm. it's a little bit elaborated on in uh, 1 Peter. If we have a look there, 1 Mm -hmm. Peter uh, 1 verse 18 and 19. Uh, It says, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So it really cost God something (laughs) Mm. to redeem us. It wasn't something he could uh, redeem us with material things. He Mm -hmm. had to actually give his life um, or the life of Christ in order Mm. to redeem us. And um, this is the, the kind of picture that is, is portrayed here. You cannot buy forgiveness with money. It it takes Mm. something much greater um, to purchase our redemption. Wow. Yeah. And I think like as Uriah was saying a little bit earlier that it was really amazing that it was actually God himself that Mm. died. It was God himself that gave the gift. And Uriah, is that unique to Christianity? Well, as I look at uh, the major religions of the world, I find that they all require their followers to do something in order to, to mm. gain salvation, mm-hmm. to be right with God. 
But with Christianity, we, we do not have to do anything to earn or to pay mm. for our salvation. The beauty of Christianity is God has already paid it. He's the one who paid for our redemption. You know, he was the one who bought us back. And so there's nothing that we can do to contribute or to earn our salvation. Um, in the book of Acts, there's, um, there's a, an interesting story in Acts chapter 8. Uh, the apostles and uh, Peter and the apostles, um, they um, laid hands on, on, on uh, people and they received the Holy Spirit. And this man, Simon, um, observed this and um, he offered them money to have that same kind of power. And this is what Peter said to him in Acts chapter 8, verse 20. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you, ought, you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Hmm. So God's salvation is a free gift to us. We don't have to pay for it, but it has been paid mm. by God himself. He paid for our redemption for our salvation. Yeah, that's really a wonderful thing. And so the works, it's not that we don't do works, but those works are a response of love. And even the works themselves yes. are done through the blessing and the power of God. So, so redemption and forgiveness are blessings that come to us through the sacrifice of Christ. So Casey, uh, what other blessings? Are there other blessings that come to us? through the sacrifice. There certainly are. And um, there's a little clue to another one in actually going back a little bit to verse yeah. four in Ephesians, mm -hmm. uh, where it says that God chose us in him. Uh, and this is sort of alluding to the fact that we can have purpose through Christ because he has chosen us to be a part of his great plan and purpose. Mm. Um, and when we think about God's purpose for human beings. Um, the Bible teaches that God is actively involved in creating every human being. You can find that in Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the creation of originally of human beings in Genesis, mm -hmm. Genesis 1:26, it says that God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Uh, and basically that is highlighting that God's purpose is that as human beings, we would reflect something of what God is like. And um, back in Ephesians 4, 1, 4, it talks about that God wants us to be in a place where we are holy and without blame before him. And so, of course, we talked before about how sin separates and has caused a problem with this reflecting mm -hmm. of God's image and God's character. It's, it's messed that up. But God's plan and purpose is he's choosing us to restore us back to that original character of reflecting his glory. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's just dwell on that and the significance of that for us living today in the end time. So Uriah, um, do you have something to say to us about that? Yes. Um, in Revelation chapter 14, there's a description of God's end time people. Revelation chapter 14 verse 5 gives a description. It says, and in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And that's very important. These are those that have accepted Jesus and his righteousness. They're clothed with his righteousness. And so they stand perfect and blameless and without fault before the throne of God. Mm. And um, it, that is very important because these would be the last people that will be able to testify through the, the, the life choices, the decisions of the goodness of God. And um, 
this group is described as being without fault. And that is the same um, word that is used uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I also want to re- take us back um, and we can read Ephesians um, chapter 5, verse 25 to uh, verse 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, this is another description of God's people. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. It says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and Mm. without blemish. So when a person um, is, accepts Jesus and accepts the forgiveness that he gives, they are washed mm. and they are presented spotless. Yeah. And that's a good ad for you know, any kind of washing detergent. <laughs> you know, the blood of Jesus is able to wash you and make you spotless and perfect before mm. the Father. Yeah, and um, white. Those of us that have been brides know that white will show up any spot. That's so true. this this <laughs> is really an amazing promise. And it's, it's really amazing how these spiritual teachings that Paul has in chapter one and the, the passage that we're studying, he weaves them into these practical applications. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even when, it, you know, we're looking at our wedding dress or making our wedding dress, we can be thinking about um, Christ and that he will make our character spotless. So um, so let's continue, though, by talking about, because there's even more blessings that come to us through Christ. And um, so, Casey, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, would you like to talk to us about another blessing yeah. that comes? For sure. Then the next verse in Ephesians uh, 1 verse 5, it Mm -hmm. talks about that uh, God has predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And then it continues on to the praise of his glory, uh, of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And so the key word adoption there is sons. If you have a look just a little bit further over in Ephesians, uh, I think it talks about... um, the fact that we are part of God's family. And it talks about this in Mm -hmm. Ephesians 3, verse uh, 15. Uh, It says, uh, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And in verse 14, it talks about named by um, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, basically, God is inviting us to be a part of his family. I mean, we have all, each of us have family surnames. Mm. This is like a big family in which the surname is God, uh, in that everyone is united and in a part of that. Mm. And this is what God is calling us to become yeah, yeah that is just really amazing. Even we can share the inheritance of Christ and, you know, the angels part of that family. Mm. It's it's really just such a wonderful blessing. And um, and there's another amazing phrase in there that talks about being accepted in the beloved. Yeah, we're yes. accepted in the beloved. Uriah, yeah, would you like to um, just comment a little bit about that? When Jesus was baptized, in, it's recorded in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, uh, the, the voice from heaven from the Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. And 
Daniel, the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, um, verse 19, um, an angel spoke about him and he said, Oh man, greatly beloved. Mm. So we can see that um, when we enter this family of God and this you know, relationship with Jesus, um, we are blessed, we are loved, we are beloved, and that's how he describes us. Mm. But going back to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 this time, mm. we see here that it says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So now we um, have an inheritance you know, you may not in this life, in this earth, have any inheritance from your parents, or you may have material things that will eventually um, be destroyed, but within, in Jesus, he gives us an inheritance, and we share the inheritance that um, Jesus has, and that inheritance is our place in heaven. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. And, you know, we have that phrase in heavenly places there. And Paul was um, writing from prison when he wrote this. And so he didn't escape trial, but um, he realized that, you know, just even in this life, we do have these amazing heavenly blessings, these spiritual blessings that we can take part of. So um, the cock just raced around too fast. But let's look at the final verses in our passage today. So, and Uriah, I'm going to throw this question to you. So verses 13 and 14 talk about another blessing. And this is really the gift that brings all other gifts. And so this is a wonderful um, note really to end on. So Uriah, if you could just read for us verses 13 and 14, and just briefly talk to us a little bit about this wonderful gift there. So verse 13 and 14 of Ephesians 1 says, in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So the praise to the praise of his glory. So the Holy Spirit is the, the gift that God promises that um, he will give us. Um, and he is the gift that brings all of the gifts because, you know, the Holy Spirit has promised, the uh, Bible has promised us that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we will receive gifts mm. and we will receive these gifts to better serve um, God, to better serve other persons. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead mm. and that um, Holy Spirit is promised to us and he's the one that leads us to all truth. He's the one that seals our decisions. Mm -hmm. um, it's through his Holy Spirit. And it's very important that um, we pray for the Holy Spirit daily um, because God's end time people uh, in the close of earth's history really need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's right. Yeah. It talks about at the close of earth's history, um, talks about God's people being sealed. Mm -hmm. And we can see that the Holy Spirit is really the one that does the sealing. Mm. And so it's, it's really vital that we have the Holy Spirit. So look, these are just amazing themes and our time has just raced away today. But thank you both so much, Uriah and Casey, for your contributions. And yeah, we do encourage our viewers to join us again because we will be looking at this theme 
of unity in Christ all through the book of Ephesians. So Ephesians 1, 3 to 14 reveals one of the deepest purposes of God to unite all things through the redeeming love of Christ. As God's end time people are sealed by the Holy Spirit, they will unite upon his commandments through the faith of Jesus. In so doing, they will present before the principalities and powers, even in heavenly places, the full and final display of the love of God. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. All past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We hope that you will join us again next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.